Welcome to Ignite Your Confidence for women in leadership who want to speak up and stand out. I'm your host, Karen Laus. Here you'll get all of the tips and tools that you need to stand out with unshakable confidence. Let's dive into today's episode. <laughs> so I am thrilled to be here today with Ashley Maria and Erica Wernick, who are both wonderful women and pioneers in their field. No pun intended, Ashley, but I love the fact that I got to know each of them individually, and yet they happen to have quite a few people in common, and they are making waves, folks, in a male-dominated industry. But rather than me tell about them, I'd love to have them introduce themselves, and then we're going to get into some questions. So Ashley, please take it away. Hello, hello. I'm Ashley Maria. I'm the director of the documentary film Pioneers in Skirts. It released just this last year in time for the pandemic. Woohoo! And we've actually gone strictly online, virtual. Uh, the film talks about what women are confronted with in their careers, bias, sexism, unfair perception, stereotype threat, and then it actually offers ways that we can start to change our culture and, and start to look within ourselves to be a part of the solution. So the film has been gobbled up luckily by uh, companies, communities, schools who are all showing it online and we're coming in and we're speaking and we're talking about our own journey making the film and then also what people can start to do now. So Pioneers in Skirts has been um, such a, such a journey for me, but then also it's so amazing to see how people are receiving it. So that is me, Pioneers and Skirts. Also, my name is Ashley, but my gosh, it's one in the same these days. <laughs> <laughs> so much so that you had to change your Zoom name there, right? <laughs> or not oh, it, it what, what identity am I? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Ashley. Over to you, Erica. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'm just so glad to be here. Wow, I did that thing that I shouldn't have done because I learned from Karen. Did you hear that? There was no period at the end of that sentence. Thank you for having me. Um, <laughs> Erica, before you introduce yourself, tell us why you're in the closet. <laughs> for those who can't see, she is in the closet now. Oh, this isn't where all of your other guests <laughs> record. Uh, I had a beautiful background with a candle lit, ready to go. And then the leaf blower decided to come. Actually, I forgot they come on Wednesdays. So that was my bad. Uh, and it was incredibly loud. So I found a solution. The closet. It looks terrible, but at least you're not hearing the leaf blower. <laughs> You look great. You've got a great background. And I think the best part is that it makes for an awesome story. And it reminds <laughs> us how women are unflappable and you oh. are that. So tell us about you. Well, I have worked in Hollywood for the past almost 13 years now. And I first moved to pursue my dream of designing graphics. I was obsessed with Hollywood and television and really wanted to be a part of it. And so I did that. I, I moved from Philadelphia. I broke in. I had no connections when I moved here and cold emailed 150-ish people. And finally, one person helped me. <laughs> and, um, and that's how I broke in. And I booked my first TV show two weeks after moving to LA. And then, you know, I got to live out my dream and, and design graphics for television and work on some really cool shows like Glee and The Office and Superstore and Top Chef. And then Shortly after that, I tell this story, it's short though, so 
I think is worth telling um, so that you can see how things happen for us. Uh, I was working on a show called The Fosters at Warner Brothers, and I was in a little bungalow and I had some downtime in between graphic projects. So I did what we all do. I was on YouTube watching videos and I came across this video of Oprah interviewing Jack Canfield. And Jack Canfield, if you don't know him, he's the co-creator of Chicken Soup for the Soul. And he wrote a self-help book that was the very first self-help book that I read ever when I moved to LA. And I really think it helped me break into Hollywood so quickly. So I was so excited to see him being interviewed by Oprah. And I couldn't tell you what they said. I don't remember anything about what they were talking about. But I remember the feeling that I had when I watched it. And my eyes started welling up with tears. And I had this moment of, Erica, you're supposed to be helping people. What are you doing? And ever since then, I just became obsessed with really wanting to help people. And so I started a coaching business. And that's what I've been doing now for the past five, six years, coaching other Hollywood creatives, actors, writers, directors, any other kind of artist in Hollywood, helping them pursue their dreams and make their dreams happen. So fun. Oh my gosh. Thank you. for <laughs> And isn't that the truth that people don't really remember what we said, but they remember how they made us feel. And I think that's Maya Angelou, if I'm not yes, mistaken. It is. All right. Very good. So thank you for sharing your story and for being a living success story. I mean, truly you <laughs> both are. That's why I feel like I'm just in this, in this company of stars right here. So <laughs> We want to move into, I, I really want to talk about so that we can help other women specifically around finding their voice, because as you both know, the challenges around finding your voice in a male dominated industry, finding your voice period can be challenging for a lot of us, but then finding it in a male dominated industry, especially. So Ashley, would you be willing to share a time when you didn't speak up, but you wish that you had? Well, I can't think of a specific time, but I just know that uh, the the entire motivation for making Pioneers and Skirts was because I started to realize how much I was ingrained with biases against women. And I feel like when you when you when you presented us with that question, I thought, you know, genuine genuinely I regret, I wish I had known all of this sooner and realized how much of an impact it was having on my day-to-day -day just interactions. There's um, something I learned called stereotype threat uh, when we were out pursuing um, this film. And, and I realized what it does is it's first, it's telling you, you start to hear this voice saying, I'm not like most women because I like math. I'm not like most women because I am a nice director. I'm good. And that is where, oh, I see what you did there, you stereotype. I caught myself, thankfully, from learning. And, and sometimes you don't even realize it's happening. And so um, a time I didn't speak up is the entire life I had before I started making pioneers and skirts. You know, and I go, okay. I, I'm just proud of myself now for not only have I understood that that's what was impacting a lot of my decisions, I now feel powerful enough to start to tell people like, hey, catch yourself. That might be what's in your brain right now. 
that might be what's what's making you feel like you can't speak because so much of the world is telling you that you are not good enough or you are not right or you are not this but it's not it's not true oh that's so powerful it's absolutely so right on I mean, I think about, for me, it took me so long to find my voice. It wasn't even that long ago that I really felt like, why am I so obsessed with what other people think about me? And even in my experience, it was being in the corporate world, being on a senior leadership team and still feeling intimidated so much so that I would feel tied up and not sometimes because I would feel like, oh, I want to say something. And one of the things also that I always recommend to people and anybody that's listening is to trust your gut. I did not do that enough. And you probably both have heard of Mel Robbins, who has the, the five second rule that if you take <laughs> longer than five seconds and I missed out on an opportunity. I remember years ago, I was in a performing group and there were we were in the staging process and the director said, oh, it was mostly singing and dancing. There was unusually a speaking part. And he just said, oh, I forgot about the speaking part. Who, who wants, does anybody want to do it? And out of 150 people, my immediate gut reaction was yes, but I didn't raise my hand and the woman next to me did. And she had that speaking part for an entire year. Wow. And I still regret that today. So I also feel like there were missed opportunities that I had when I just simply didn't raise my hand. It doesn't even often have to be that you're speaking up with some big thing. It's just actually showing up and saying something. How about you, Erica? Well, Ashley's answer whew, got me thinking. And I'm just like, oh my, that was so powerful. Oh my gosh, she is so right. There have probably been a million more times, not, not just speaking up for myself or for others or see, you know what we've seen. Um, so that really got me thinking. Um, for myself, I had two moments that I can think of off the top of my head in which I wasn't treated well uh, at my job on TV shows. And so the first one happened in my twenties where the second in command, who was one of my bosses, um, asked me out on a date and they were recently divorced. And I was in my you know early twenties, they were much older than me. And they were incredibly persistent because I said no many times. And I would try to come up with excuses and, and they'd be in the other room and texting me and, um, I felt incredibly uncomfortable because it was my, I was an assistant and it was the first time I was on a big show. And so I didn't want to lose my job and I wanted to impress my bosses and, um, they were so persistent, that eventually I felt like I had to say yes. Mm -hmm. And I did go on a date with this person. Fortunately, they didn't do anything inappropriate on the date. And I, and I did feel kind of safe on the date, but I cried before I went and I just was, I was scared and I felt so uncomfortable. And, you know, looking back, e even now in television, we have all of these sexual harassment seminars that people are supposed to go to, but so many people just don't take them seriously and they joke about it. And I didn't know there were any resources for me at the time. I was filling in for someone. So I wasn't there at the beginning. So I didn't, I wasn't there for the seminar. And I, I just didn't know, you know, I confronted a friend who was another guy and he was kind of just like, it's no big deal, just kind of deal with it. And so I felt so alone in that moment. And so I guess, you know, look, I was young and, and the situation was what it was, but I wish I had the guts to just say, you know, I'm really not comfortable with this. You're my boss 
and it doesn't feel right while we're working together. Um, and I just didn't say that. And then similarly, on one of my more recent shows, um, I had a boss who was a man who, whenever he was stressed, he was really mean, like mm -hmm. really mean to me. But when he was not stressed, he was so nice and so supportive. He knew I was growing a business and he was very supportive of it, you know? And so I feel like it was almost that abusive relationship where you're like, well, sometimes they're really nice to me. And sometimes they seem to really care about me. Um, but other times he's so mean to me that it makes me want to cry. I mean, it's just, you know, really mean and, you know, oh, this work you did was terrible. We're going to have to farm it out. I'm going to have to hire someone else. I'm going to find someone else to do this. this is terrible. What are you doing? You don't ever do that. You know, just really awful. And so I did quit that job eventually, but I never spoke up for myself. You know, I think that's really interesting that I feel that women are afraid to do, you know, they're afraid to just speak up for ourselves and just say, hey, you know, when you're nice, I love working with you, but there are some times where you're just really mean to me and it makes me scared to work here. You know, is there, I just wanted to address this because I would love to keep continue working with you. So I think about, you know, situations like that where I, I, I sometimes wish I had the courage to say something like that. Well, and even what you said, Erica, what a beautiful model of addressing and leaning into conflict. If we feel safe. Mm -hmm. And that I'd say is the biggest challenge is yeah. how do you actually speak your truth and yet release the outcome? And, and I get, I mean, there's so many factors. Yeah. Keeping your job. And then there's in your, there's your integrity. I mean, it's, it's so challenging. So much. And especially in the television industry, there is this narrative that a lot of people feel that every job you have is so rare so special. You'll never get a job like this again. You don't have another job lined up. You don't know what the rest of your career is going to look like. And so there is fear. You know, I, I did quit one other job where I didn't feel. So I, I, I have the entrepreneurial spirit has always been in me and I have not been afraid to quit, but I have been afraid to address the situation head on. Mm -hmm. Well, I'd say you're not alone for sure. Ashley, you were going to say something a minute ago, I think. Yeah, I mean, it was in line with what you were saying. And, and I remember the first time we met Karen, we asked you this question too. So maybe you can, can jump into that. But like to Erica's experience, I go, I wish our culture made it so that she could feel like she's in a safe place to say, no, I don't want to go on that date. And I'm going to keep my job because I said no. You know, and so until our culture can get there, because we're not there yet, Karen, how do we confront those situations, you know, I, I just, I feel, I, I don't want women to just go, gosh, I wish I was more confident enough. It's like, well, what do I actually do? Because that is a tough situation. Yeah, it absolutely is. And to me, the most important thing is to first get clear on what you want. What do you want to do? And I think the hardest part is people have these gut feelings and then they don't trust them. They don't say anything. And I think about something that I did not that long ago. There was a guy at uh, who was a tech where I was I had a procedure in the hospital. It was some CT scan that I had for something. And he kept calling me honey, but it was really interesting because he was super nice. And I really felt like I knew there wasn't any malintent, but the whole time he was in, I was in, there was three steps to meet 
being engaged with him in that process because he did a pre thing before then it was on the cat scan table and then after the whole time I was thinking about this I have to say something I have to say something. Now there was nothing at stake for me so I'm going to just offer this uh, obviously my job wasn't at stake and that kind of thing, but it's still the same concepts is starting with what could you say in a way that it would position it to the person's benefit or at least making it neutral. So for example, he was really friendly. So at the very end, as he was saying goodbye, I said, hey, I wanna bring something up. You have been so welcoming and so friendly with me. It's been really great and you've made my experience better. I wanted to make you aware of something. Are you aware that you called me honey several times during this procedure? Now I was lucky because he said, oh my gosh, I know I do that. It's a habit. I've got to stop. So I was lucky in that case. And yet what do we do when something doesn't go that way, our way? And this is where I believe that we all have to make the choice for ourselves to, are we going to address this and being willing to say whatever we need to say, and then let it go and let it land with what the outcome is. But I also don't think it has to be super extreme. Like, I can't believe you're doing this. I'm quitting my job. I think there's a real art to the conversation in a way that really does just bring it up. And that's one tip that I would say is that simply that sentence, here's, are, were you aware? So starting with what are the facts? You're calling me honey, or mm -hmm. you, you're, you've asked me on a date several times now and we work together. And that frankly, that makes me a little bit uncomfortable. And, and so something at least where you're speaking your truth, but it, it's still, and I'm saying I'm not perfect in this because even as I'm talking, I feel like every time I imagine myself being in that scenario, I wonder, yeah, what would I say next? What would I mm -hmm. say next? Mm -hmm. Because who knows, he might even be saying uncomfortably and say, well, don't feel uncomfortable. I'll make you feel comfortable. <laughs> I mean, I could imagine yeah, all right. of the reactions back. Right. But I do think that if we at least say something, it's better than nothing. So that's where I would say start there and just address the facts and try to be neutral. But what do you two think? Well, I, I hear you say this and I hope people listening see how much mental energy goes into confronting these uh, scenarios. So women, grab your other women, talk it out, figure out what you're gonna do. But that's why it's, it's so important for women to support each other because look at this mental energy, these hoops we have to jump through. Yes, I was literally thinking, can you imagine a man going through this much mental energy to prepare what they will say to confront someone who is not treating them well yeah. or not treating them the way they wanna be treated? I mean, not to stereotype all men, but I can't imagine men even having this conversation of really like, how can we politely dance around the situation so that we don't make the other person feel uncomfortable? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It really does suck. I mean, as we're talking about it, so <laughs> oh my God, I don't know. Here's what I will say. I did talk to somebody recently who had to confront a male in the workplace. And we talked about her just saying, very nicely, this isn't going to work for me. Or this doesn't work for me. 
I do think that sometimes we, as we're talking about right now, all of this mental energy that we're expending shows up also through our emotions where we spend so much time and then we start feeling guilty or feeling badly and just trying to manage all of our emotions that then when we actually do say something, it comes across as emotional as opposed to just neutral. So I would encourage everybody to think about this first as simply facts. Mm -hmm. He asked me out or he did this. I don't like that. Okay. What am I going to say back? How can I make it? Hey, I'm not sure if you're aware. It's the same thing I coach people on. If they're interrupting, somebody interrupts them constantly as, as one example, you know, Hey, were you aware that meeting we were at this happened? Were you aware? That's not going to work for me. Could you in the future, at least think before you're speaking and avoid interrupting or, you know, something like that. I do. I'm very aware of the fact that this is a super sensitive situation. So I, I think I love what you said, Ashley, is get together with other women, talk these things out. Anybody is welcome to contact me too. I'm always happy to do role plays. Erica knows that. I did that with <laughs> some of her clients. So what else? We're, we're wrapping up here in a little bit, but what else would you two like to impart to any women? Actually, I'd really love to ask you each, why don't we start with you, Ashley, advice that you would offer for a woman who is in a male-dominated industry, be it in Hollywood or somewhere else, and perhaps a lesson that you learned that you'd like to impart to someone, if you could, if you could offer one piece of advice. Oh, I thought of 20. Um, okay. So, well, bouncing off of what we just said, what I love is how no is a complete answer. So just keep that in mind, but that doesn't count as my one thing. Um, support is, is king, queen, and find your community soon. Embrace that community, um, you know, help it grow and, and rely on that community. And if you are in the film industry, maybe have some friends who are not in the film industry because they kind of remind you that you're cool and, 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 and they celebrate you. And I actually, I'm a part of a women's group called Business and Professional Women. And I love coming to their, their meetings and stuff because they just think, you know, you need to be reminded that this is a dream. This is so fun. I get to tell stories. This is amazing. So it can, it can be really heavy, especially if you are fighting an uphill battle like a lot of us women are. But just remember to celebrate, find a community that will celebrate you. So beautifully said. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> One of my top values is celebrating yourself and others. I love that. And it's so true because you can get so beaten down by these things, these external forces that can sometimes come against us that we're fighting harder as, as women, at as women. Erica. That was so good, Ashley. Um, I love, and I, I'm immediately thinking like, who are my people? Do I have people? Do I need, I need to, I can be one now. Okay. I'm, I'm like, I, 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 you know, it really made me think about who my people. And I, I think that is so true. And, you know, one thing that I have been saying to my clients is that unfortunately we have to be part of the change we want to see. And what that means sometimes is that we don't perpetuate the stories or the narrative, you know, um, mm -hmm because sometimes we do without under, like without realizing, um, you know, and so like, for example, I had a client who has been working on a TV show 
as as another position, an assistant level position, and was able to shadow the, the director several times, which is an amazing opportunity. It's a big network project, big network show, and she is a director. And she, you know, I co I worked with her, <clears throat> coached her, and we got her these shadowing opportunities. And I said, guess what you have to do next? You have to ask if you can direct an episode. Yeah. And she asked her boss, who was a man, and he first laughed because he like didn't think she was serious and was so taken aback and then was like I, I don't know he brushed her off and she was like I, you know I'll ask again later you know whatever and she talked to her immediate superior who she's very close with and he said you know what that guy he really is not good with confrontation he kind of runs away so you just have to like let him do that. And you just have to like that. That just is how that's just how he is. You know, you just you want to get on his good side. And and that's a really good example of how easy it is to fall into that role of perpetuating this problem, because hmm. her immediate response was like, oh, yeah, I do need to get on his good side. I want to make sure I'm coming back in this position next season. And <clears throat> and I, you know, I don't want to ruin that. But in reality, it's like, really like we're gonna let this excuse that he's a leader in a leadership position high up on this television show and that we're gonna let this excuse of he's not good with confrontation to quiet your dreams when you're totally qualified when he let um an actor direct an episode who has no directing experience at all you know in the past right and so i i think that we have to I know it's scary, but I think that we do have to challenge the, you know, this story of like the woman being timid and, oh, you know, just let it roll, you know, just try to get on his good side, just let him run away, let him be like that. We have to challenge that. We have to be part of the change to challenge um, the status quo and is as uncomfortable it is as that is because we can't let that continue and if they're not seeing it we need to tell them yes. <laughs> you know and and, yeah. and and that's how I see it'll happen a lot with directors you know with I've had I had another female director she has a million shadowing um credits on her resume she's been directing for many 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 years she's been in the industry a long time she's incredibly talented and qualified and people aren't giving her a chance to direct episodic and, and again, it's like, it's just, it's challenging for a woman, you know, to get in there. And I think that women were even seen differently. We're seen as less than, we're not even given a second thought, you know, a man kind of gets it automatically. So um, anyway, this wasn't really meant to be a pity party. I just wanted to, to <laughs> well, share no. that, those examples so that people can understand. But I do think, you know, we need to speak up there. The, the fellowships are our problem as well. So that's, that's where we have a challenge too, where women are, are seen as directors, if only they've done this shadowing and they've done these fellowships. They're not just seen as a director because they're good and they've done the work. So that is in and of itself an issue. So I applaud you for pushing her to, to ask. And I agree, it's like, um, we have to start by changing our own mentality. Again, like I was saying earlier, is like, I regret not knowing this sooner. And I mean, even just looking at a group of women and calling them women and not girls, like that's that's one way that we start to give more respect from women to women. Well, this is really inspiring me to think about some tangible tips, certainly that 
I'm aware of, I'm, I, I can't say that I'm an expert as far as, cause this, this always makes me go, oh, like last time we talked, Ashley, I thought, oh, that was so challenging. What would I do? What would I say if I really were in that situation? I mean, geez, when you have these incredible opportunities, but what I love that you said before Erica that I latched onto was this thing that we feel like they're the only opportunity when yet there are opportunities, there is abundance of bounds for most of us if we believe that, but that, that came to mind for me. And then just Ashley, when you were talking, it made me think about some of these things that we don't always do, regardless of the words we're saying, it's how we're coming across. So I wanna remind people too that are listening is to use your voice, literally project it, say things with confidence. Don't be kind of tentative and hesitant. And that's often where we sabotage ourselves. And I don't know if you too have experienced that with, with women in your circles or just even in people. Well, that- I, gotta, I gotta tell you, I'm having an experience right now where I'm in that struggle. I am developing my next feature and I am totally in that space of vulnerability. I don't have my words. I, you know, I, I'm trying to find um, who I am as a writer again, because I've been working in the narratives or the uh, doc space for so long, the nonfiction space. So I get it. And so I'm, I'm almost like coaching myself again, like, this is normal. This is okay. You're going to get better. You just, you know, trust the process. <laughs> like, I get it. <laughs> it's, it's always, it's an ebb and flow. It's like, you're never going to be perfect, but also you know, what if you're not so confident one day? Is that the defining moment? It's like, let's hope not. (laughs) (laughs) I had this experience. So I I don't know if I know, Erica, we talked a little bit about this, Ashley, I don't know if you're on Clubhouse, or if you've been part of that at all a little bit here and there. So I'll just share my story about Clubhouse. I started on it about uh, six or seven weeks ago wasn't sure what I was doing. All of a sudden, it's been a very interesting learning for me as far as even finding my voice and getting into some situations that I haven't been in in a long time. One of which feeling very intimidated on one in one of those rooms with a bunch of male, very accomplished speakers. I found myself stumbling over my words and trying to almost vie for position in the lineup And I hung up and I felt so crappy and I thought, dang, I still have so much to learn. And it was a really awful moment for me because (laughs) I've been doing so well and I've been like flourishing as far as finding my voice in the past few years. And that was a really helpful lesson though, because it reminded me that a lot of this is also circumstantial and then figuring out how do we then have enough internal confidence and internal structure to feel safe, knowing that we are loved and accepted and supported by ourselves and the people in our circles that really matter enough that we can put ourselves out there and not trip over our words and be judging ourselves in the moment because so many of us are doing that. And then sometimes we start talking and then we judge ourselves and then it gets worse. And then we're not showing up as our true authentic self. So that was a recent experience for me, which made me really think, okay, more work to do. How do I keep getting into these situations so I can practice this? And that's what I'd suggest for everybody too. Sometimes it's intimidating, but 
put yourself in those situations, record yourself on video and audio to see how your voice is coming across and see if you are also landing your sentences with a period versus <laughs> the question, which happens a lot. And yet those little subtle things all add up. What were you going to say, Erica? I think you were going to Well, say as you were sharing that, it reminded me, I was like, oh, I do the same thing. But it's not necessarily about men. It's about putting myself in rooms that I don't feel confident in. And sometimes I tend to play small and keep myself safe by speaking in rooms that I feel very confident in. And I think that, um, you know, even for myself, I am trying to put myself in those uncomfortable situations a little bit more. And it's like, even if I flub, even if I mess up, that's part of the process. That's part of the learning process. I think it's still going to be beneficial for me to get into these uncomfortable rooms where maybe not everyone knows and loves me yet, or maybe I don't even feel as accomplished as the people here and who am I to speak and, and feeling really, you know, timid and small, but the more, the more I put myself in those rooms and the more I put myself in those situations, uh, the more, you know, my confidence will eventually grow just mm -hmm. from that experience. It's like yeah. a reality check. You go, okay, I'm going to get better. I'm going to get better. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's so good, Ashley, because that's totally what it was for me the other day. I thought, okay, keep going there. And then being true to yourself, because another thing that came to mind is many years ago, I don't know if either of you have heard this story, if I've told either of you about this, but I probably, yeah, 20 some years ago, I interviewed to be a radio show host. I was super excited. I love voice, love radio, love TV, all of that. And the guy said something really interesting to me that I was not ready for. He said, okay, here's the deal. 50% of your listeners are going to love you. They are going to like give you all kinds of accolades and kudos, and you're going to feel so good. And then 50% are going to hate you. They're going to say all kinds of nasty things about you. And you're going to feel like crap. And I need to know if you can go home and come back the next day and do it all over again. And the wow. next day and the next day and the next day. And I was definitely not ready for that. <laughs> You're like, no, I can't. <laughs> Thankfully, I didn't get the job. <laughs> Probably had these bright like eyes, like what? And I was so consumed with being liked and what people thought of me, especially back then. And I think for all of us, it can be a challenge in general, but getting to that point where now I feel like that helped prepare me for something that my dream is to be more in a, the public eye and impacting women globally. And to just have him say that, to even be thinking about that as a possibility of, oh yeah, duh, not everybody's gonna like me. I mean, my, my sophomore year in high school boyfriend used to say, oh, Karen, not everybody likes you. Oh, oh, what are you gonna do? <laughs> it was kind of a mean thing, but it actually was helpful. Clearly, I still remember that from when I was 16. <laughs> but it was profound in that now I feel like I've gotten a lot better to at least know that there are gonna be people that don't like me and that's okay. Now I'm actually okay with it. And thinking about how, for example, when somebody unsubscribes from my email list, I used to feel kind of bummed out. And now I celebrate and I say, woohoo, that's one other person that I've eliminated to make more room for a person that actually wants to hear what that's I have to good. say. Yeah, people listening, we know when you unsubscribe. <laughs> 
It's very true. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> well, and I, I think it's really good to keep in mind that too, that you're going to attract the right people. And again, that story that a woman named Sally Hogg said, I love her name, said she wrote the book Fascinate and she's a big marketing expert, but she talks about how not everybody loves pistachio ice cream, but those people that do love it. And so be pistachio ice cream. You're not going to be liked by everybody and that's okay. The key is to still stand tall, be confident and speak your truth in a way that obviously represents you well, as well as gets your point across so that you feel hurt. And the other person also recognizes, okay, all right, that doesn't work for her. All right. And then they can decide how they're going to respond. <sighs> what else? Ice cream. I like that. Isn't that a good analogy? Yes. I really like that too, because I think so many of us are trying to be so much to so many people. And now with so many people in the online space, since the whole pandemic, there can feel like a lot of competition. And yet, if we remember, there's billions of people in the world <laughs> and that we attract the people that are, it's like, what is this? One of my first coaches said, all that you are seeking is also seeking you. And I absolutely love that. That's And look at all the men in the space. You know, the, the competition isn't stopping them, but there's room for everybody. You know, there's different personalities that we feel drawn to and- Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, anything either of you wants to say, I could talk to you both all day, but <laughs> I know we all have lives, even though it's raining in LA, but <laughs> what else would you like to add? Ashley, do you have last words? Well, I would love to invite people to our United Nations screening. Yes. Hello, everyone. Talk about being pistachio ice cream. I don't know. Uh, so we are hosting a United Nations panel um, every year since 65 years ago. There is a commission on the status of women. It's a two week long event where member states come to the UN and it'll be virtual this year. And we talk about what women need around the globe and um, come up with an agreed conclusions document that then goes back to the member states and often become law um, or rule or whatever they need. And um, I was very grateful to be able to do it in person back in 2019, it got canceled in 2020 and now I'm doing it online this year and now we're screening the film uh, for everyone around the world. And um, you're hearing it first. It's going to be translated in all United Nations languages. So that's Chinese, that's Russian, that's Arabic, that's French, that's English, that's Spanish. And there's also German and Portuguese, but they're not in the UN official languages. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Um, but we have all of that. Uh, the event is March 18th. We're going to have the screening live via Zoom and then uh, host a panel about how to actually have impact events like this to help push your mission forward. So our goal is to train NGOs on how to engage your audience with art. So that is happening. You can uh, learn more about it at pioneersinskirts.com. And if you can't join us for that, just go to pioneersinskirts.com to see other ways to view the film. And again, that is our life right now. We're so excited to bring this film around the world. We're doing a big impact relay 
it's um we're making a, a big mission out of changing changing equity for women women of color let's do it let's do it yes fabulous thank you ashley looking forward to that's next week yeah i'm putting that in my calendar oh, we'll be next week when two we weeks. Have, two weeks march 18th yes, yes. Give, me, give me the extra week <laughs> yeah when we air this it'll be next week <laughs> okay okay next week <laughs> it's all good <laughs> or if you're listening to the replay it was 10 <laughs> weeks ago that's true <laughs> go online <laughs> If you follow the good place, it's in the dot of Jeremy Baramy. Oh, <laughs> um, that's incredible to be in, like translated into all of those languages. Like, oh my gosh, you're not only impacting lives here, you're, you're going to be impacting lives around the world. That's incredible. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yes. yes. I do wanna, oh, go ahead, Erica. Just saying, yeah, let's do it. It's so good. I, I also want to give a huge plug to your film because it truly has changed so many lives. And it's, I love that it's getting so out there and to the point where now lots of people are saying what's next. So <laughs> listeners, viewers, we're all going to be asking Ashley, what's next? <laughs> Email well, her. <laughs> I'm working on it now. I'm, I've got a few projects in development. So okay. let's, let's do it. I think it's so incredible because it's so easy to feel like we can't make a difference on our own, you know, that we're too small to really impact people or make a difference. But that's what I love about storytelling, you know, in an industry like Hollywood, that there really is so much that you can do through storytelling. Um, so it's just so inspiring, Ashley, to see you do this. And I hope that listeners are feeling inspired as well to see like, you went from this idea that you had to now showing in the United Nations and all of these languages. I, I mean, to me, that's so incredible. Thank you. And I, I keep those comments in my pocket when it gets stressful and when it gets hard and tiring and you have 6 a.m. phone calls because we're on the West Coast. Mm -hmm. I appreciate you, Erica. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I mean, it, to me, it's it's so inspiring. I'm developing a TV show off of my book and it's, it's similar where it's, I mean, not making a difference in the way that you are. I feel like what you're doing is a little more important, <laughs> but you know, I, it's just like, I, I just want to, I just want to help more people. I want more people to believe in their dreams and go for it. And, um, you know, I think, I just think that TV is, and, and films, you know, there's such incredible avenues to, to do that, to impact people's lives. I mean, I think about some of the movies that really changed my opinion on certain things, or, you know, I learned something new that I didn't know. Um, well, really Erica, cool. you, you help bring those people into this industry and make them do something like that. You know, there's so much of my career I could have quit because I was fighting this uphill battle. I didn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. I had this movie, but I mean, if I had somebody cheering me on over here, <laughs> I mean, that was my mom, let's be fair. But, you know what I mean. And Erica, you just wrote a book. I did. I just wrote out the book. And tell us where we can reach you. Um, well, the book is at meantforthisbook.com. It's available on, I believe, six different online retailers that you can, obviously Amazon, but if you don't want to shop big, you can shop small. There are other places it's available. Um, and I'm, I'm mostly on Instagram. 
um, at Hollywood Success Coach. It's where I spend most of my time um, and my podcast, uh, which is the Hollywood Success Podcast. But this book is basically my life right now. And I think it will be for a, a long time. And that's so cool. It's so exciting. Um, I, I'm just really excited. I'm recording the audiobook right now, which I'm very excited about because, you know, my coach had me just visualizing people sitting in their car, listening to the book. And it's just it's so cool um, to be able to reach people that way and hopefully inspire people to go after their dreams. So please go check out this book on the website too. I made a trailer. There's a trailer on there. Um, there's because that's what I was going to highlight. Your trailer is unbelievable. And you did that all by yourself. Not to say that all by yourself, like, (laughs) I don't know enough about your skills, but that's incredible to me that just that you did that. I mean, you're, you're an expert in so many things. And then to add that to your plate and have it just come off beautifully produced. Stunning. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I had the idea for the trailer a long time ago and I was like, should I, should I not? You know, I, I I kind of sat on it for a while because I I was like, is it worth the investment? Is it not? But I'm really glad, um, you know, that I did it. And I think that, um, I think, I think it, I think it portrays, you know, the idea of, of the book pretty well. So, so definitely go check it out. There's also, um, if you, if you order the book and email me your receipt, I have a bonus chapter that I will email you that also has an audio version. So you'll get a little taste of what the audiobook will be like. And there's actually um, a sample that you can listen to on menforthisbook.com to see if it's your jam. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I guess that's I guess I guess that's it. Go check out the book, Men for This. <laughs> so good, so good. Well, really appreciate you both. Let's keep empowering women. Yes. We're in it together. So thank you so much for being here and thanks everybody also for listening and watching wherever you are. And that's a wrap of another episode of Ignite Your Confidence. I'm your host, Karen Laus. Thank you so much for listening. If you love today's episode, please subscribe and leave a review. It helps other people find the podcast faster and it certainly helps me. If you're interested in more tips and tools around confidence, please join me over in my Facebook group called Ignite Your Confidence with Karen Laus. Remember, you too can stand out with unshakable confidence.